Hello, SDG Talks community. Welcome back. Today, we are joined with a very special guest who happens to be my lovely wife, Laura. Laura is a woman of many passions and interests. And today, we're going to talk about her melanoma story and what she's doing to make the best out of this situation. Check out Laura and her sister's Instagram page, Sun Safety Sisters, for tips on how to be safe in the sun and enjoy the show. So it's only been like six years of me knowing you and asking you multiple times to be on the podcast. And lucky me, here we are on a podcast with my wife, Laura Sofen. Hi, Laura. Hey, Kevin. It's been five and a half years, but it does feel like six. Yeah, we're rounding up. I had to throw you a bone eventually. You would not stop begging me to join you for a podcast. I don't know about begging, but it was more like a polite offer and wanting to talk about the many things you're passionate about from therapy, from yoga, to, I don't know, the stuff we talk about a lot with my family, coming from a family of dermatologists. My dad's a dermatologist. My brother-in-law's a dermatologist. And my sister, Kathy, is a dermatologist PA. Your sister, Becky, is a derm PA. So skin comes up a lot, whether we're talking about psoriasis, eczema, or just the sun and sun safety in general. You have an interesting story in relationship with the sun, particularly a melanoma diagnosis in 2022. Tell me about some of your origin story that ultimately led up to the melanoma diagnosis in 2022. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Michigan. So Midwesterner through and through. And we really enjoy our summers there. We have very limited time of warm weather and sun throughout the year. So during the summer, just three to four months out of the year, we take advantage of that time. We spend a lot of time outside at lake houses, our friends' pools. And unfortunately, in the wintertime, when we're really craving that warm weather, if we're not traveling to a warmer state, a lot of us seek out tanning beds. And that was something I got into in high school, probably around age like 15 or 16. And I typically would just do it before school dances. I wasn't I wouldn't call myself like a regular tanning bed goer, but I went enough throughout high school that it, you know, really damaged my skin for the times that I did it. And at that time, I was a minor. And so my mom had to sign a consent form for me to use a tanning bed. And at that time, you know, my mom didn't know. She didn't know or understand the dangers of using a tanning bed. And so I can't, you know, point fingers or blame her for signing those consent forms. But obviously, tanning beds can be very damaging to our skin and linking to skin cancer, specifically melanoma. And luckily, a lot of states have banned minors, so anyone under the age of 18, to use tanning beds. And a lot of other states are moving in that direction and have more strict regulations on them. So it's good to see that there's been movement away from using tanning beds, but there's still a lot of work to be done. But going back to my background, obviously tanning beds is part of it in addition to tanning in the summertime. And I stopped using tanning beds in college, more so from a financial standpoint. Tanning beds are very expensive. And as a broke college student, I just it was not a priority for me to be tan. And so I still throughout college and in my early 20s did not take care of my skin. I would tan, you know, there's this kind of ex not like expectation, but 
I think a lot of people feel the standard of, you know, being tan equals beautiful, which in my opinion is no longer true. But I believe that in the past that, you know, you have that glow when you're tan and, you know, maybe clothes and different colors look better on your body. But, you know, obviously I view that differently now. So yeah, throughout my 20s, I continued to not take great care of my skin. I wasn't super religious about using sunscreen. I didn't know much about sun safety. So, you know, fast forward to kind of at the end of 2021, I had been going to a dermatologist really every year since high school, which is kind of funny because I didn't take care of my skin yet. I would religiously go to the dermatologist to get my skin check and they were probably mortified at like how tan I was when I'd show up. But my grandma had melanoma. So given the fact that we had a family history, that's why I went. But, you know, I should have taken sun safety a little bit more seriously given that family history. But, you know, unfortunately I didn't. didn't you, always, you always kind of think when you're younger, you know, you're invincible, things won't happen to you. And sure enough, it did. And so at the end of 2021, I was very in tune to my moles. And the last derm I had seen in Chicago just did not give me a thorough checkup. Like, I think she maybe spent 90 seconds, two minutes max. Half of my clothes were still on. She, you know, didn't really take me seriously when I said I had a family history. And she just kind of like, you know what, you're young, you're fine. Like, don't worry about it. So I kind of like left that appointment having this pit in my stomach, like something was missed. So I realized at that time I had to be my own advocate and really start doing my own self checks every month. And so toward the end of 2021, I noticed this mole under my right breast starting to change. And I mean, it was maybe the size of an eraser at the end of a pencil. So very, very small. And the inside just started to get a little bit darker. And I thought, okay, well, that's a little weird. Like if I hadn't been watching my moles, I probably honestly wouldn't think anything of it. But since I was so in tune to what they look like, I knew something was changing. And so I decided, I was like, you know what, I could wait for my yearly appointment in April, May timeframe, or I could see a new dermatologist at that nine month mark. So I was like, whatever, I'll make an appointment, I'll go in, I'll get it checked, and it'll be fine. So go in. Sure enough, the dermatologist was like, this looks a little suspicious. Let's take it off. I get a phone call, I don't know, a couple days, week later on my way home from work, and it's the dermatologist on the phone. And I knew at that point in time that the news was not going to be good because usually an assistant would call you and say, hey, everything came back fine. You know, we'll see you in another year. But because it was the dermatologist, I kind of already knew what she was going to say when she got on the phone. And she said, I'm sorry, but the biopsy came back as melanoma. And to get that news when you're driving is a little unsettling. You know, malignant melanoma is not a friendly term. And I've obviously have heard that term throughout my life, having a family history and being a healthcare professional. I see it in patients' charts. So I knew exactly what melanoma was. And to hear my dermatologist say melanoma to me was very jarring and life-changing. And so, you know, we came up with a game plan. A week later, I had my wide excision to remove all the cancer cells underneath my right breast near my rib cage. And it was about a half hour procedure. It's anyone who's listening who's had a biopsy, you know, the actual biopsy like isn't bad. People get biopsies all the time. 
but the wide excision, it's weird because you're numbed up in this area, but yet you kind of like feel that tugging throughout the whole procedure. And I remember just like, you know, being nervous. I'm like, are they going to get all the cancer cells out? What happens if it's spread? Kind of like, you know, spiraling a little bit during that procedure. And finally, I was like, Laura, like you need to like stop, stop spiraling. And I looked at the assistant and I was like, you just like put on meditation music, like I meditate every day. Like, that's something that's comfortable for me. Like, I just need to, like, breathe and focus on anything but what's happening to my body right now. And so she did. And I started asking her, I'm like, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? And she's like, I teach yoga. I was like, oh, my God, I teach yoga. So had that in common. And, you know, having the supportive, caring team behind my back was so important and really made a huge difference. And just, like, good bedside manner. Like, I, as a healthcare professional, like, I work with patients at bedside and to treat a person like a human and not a patient is just, it's life-changing. It really makes a difference for anyone going through a hard time. So shout out to them and my team. Like we're almost two years after that initial diagnosis and wide excision. And I still go back to them. <laughs> like I drive up from Chicago to Milwaukee every three months to see them and do my full body skin check because I just I love them so much and I feel comfortable and safe with them. So just having that team was really helpful throughout that whole experience. And obviously having support of family and friends outside of that, you know, it was definitely hard initially to tell certain people about that diagnosis. I was afraid of being judged. I was really ashamed and pointed fingers at myself. Like, Laura, you did this to yourself. Like, you tanned. You went to tanning beds when you were younger. Like, you gave yourself cancer. Like, who wouldn't be ashamed to tell people that? And so I definitely held it in more than I should have versus leaning in onto my resources earlier on. And in hindsight, you know, looking back, you're always like, oh, I should have done it differently. And it is but what it is. You didn't know. And that you were going through the motions and Thank you for sharing all that. I mean, the the arms of my the, the hair on my arms went up when you said that word melanoma again, and I know that's a it's a scary word. And kind of maybe talk me through that a little bit more. I mean, kind of for the sense that when you heard that word melanoma, you got the procedure, and then ultimately, you know, this this term melanoma is now unfortunately or fortunately in some capacity ingrained into your you know your everyday life. Like how how is your life? change since you had this melanoma diagnosis? Yeah. So from a diagnosis standpoint, you know, my my life hasn't changed drastically in the sense of I didn't have to go through treatment. You know, luckily it was caught early. It hadn't spread to my lymph nodes. It hadn't spread to other organs. You know, I think a lot of people view melanoma and other types of skin cancer as cut it out and you're fine. In my situation, it was like that. You know, I did have a pretty large scar following the wide excision. I couldn't work out for two weeks. Doing yoga was a little weird, even for a couple of months after, like stretching and doing upward facing dog. Like it just felt weird to have that area being stretched out and pulled. So it took a while for my body to kind of feel normal again following that procedure. And really how my life changed for the better is just understanding and prioritizing sun safety. It was something that was so new to me. And that first summer was the hardest summer. I didn't know how to have a healthy relationship with the sun. I didn't know how to be outside without having crippling anxiety that I was 
going to get another diagnosis of melanoma. And it took a lot of patience and learning and support to get where I am today. And I'm really grateful for my sister, who's a dermatology PA, and your family of three dermatologists. And, you know, just you being a supportive partner, like really helped me get through that time. And and what I learned most throughout that time is that there's so much we can do for our skin to keep it healthy and keep it protected from the sun. You know, I think everyone's like, yeah, sunscreen, that's the biggest protector. And it, it is. It's it's one of the best ways to protect your skin. But there's so many other ways to keep yourself safe from the sun, to keep yourself safe from tanning, from burning, from developing a form of skin cancer. And, you know, that includes UPF or protective clothing, which we can talk about that more in depth if you want to, you know, wearing hats and sunglasses, hats that cover my ears and my neck. So more like wider brimmed hats versus like a baseball cap, which is great, but it's not really protecting my face. So that was like another change that I made and really just seeking shade. Like I, in the past, I love sitting outside. I love the warmth of the sun and I liked getting tan. And that's just not how my life is anymore. I, you know, I sit under an umbrella. I sit in my UPF swimsuit. I sit in my UPF cover up and I'm okay with that. You know, the first summer, like I said, it was hard. It was a weird adjustment period. I think people were kind of questioning me and looking at me like, wait, so you can't be in the sun. You can't get tan. It's like, well, I I can, but I also just, I don't want to get another melanoma diagnosis. Like it's not worth it. It's not worth it to be tan, to hear the word melanoma. And again, mine was caught early, but if it hadn't, you know, that's life changing. And so, you know, I think just the biggest thing for me is, is changing my mindset and that I'm really grateful for that, that I was able to see this whole experience as a good thing, but it took a while for me to get there. Yeah. And so obviously year one was a lot of, um, a little bit of trial and error. And then also just kind of continuing to tell yourself and embrace this different story. And then obviously this year two, this past summer where I was indulged in the process too, where we both, I mean, lather up and we kind of both wear different layers. And I, and I work in the public safety sector where, and within firefighting, it's all about redundancy and having like multiple multiple areas where if something fails, you still have another thing you can fall on. I think that's been a big thing I've taken from you or it's it's just not it's not just one thing. It's not two things. It's it's like a hundred little things you can do. And I also know that, I mean, unless you know maybe you're in Alaska and sometimes like the sun is set rising and setting every single day. And it's not the UV rating is at a level where every single day of the year you have the potential risk of sun exposure. So it's not just summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me more about that sort of 365 days of sun safety protection and how you're sort of thinking and approaching that now. Yeah, well, it's really interesting with our culture. You know, anti-aging has become this popular term. How do we stay younger? You know, how do we keep this youthful look as we age? And anti-aging, in my opinion, is just a false term. You know, you can't anti-age, right? We're all getting older and we have to embrace that. But I will tell you that the best product for anti-aging and protecting yourself is daily sunscreen. And that was something I never did. I would use sunscreen typically in the summertime. Granted, back when I was younger, it would be like SPF 15, you know, that oily kind that that would help you get tan. 
what I mean by daily sunscreen is you want to use something that's 30 SPF or higher and just make it part of your daily routine. Like you wake up in the morning and you brush your teeth, maybe brush your teeth, (laughs) but you know, something you do every single day, just, just make it part of your routine. Apply sunscreen to your face. It takes maybe 10 seconds, especially for people that are working outside, work from home and go for walks throughout the day. It's just something that should always be on your body, no matter the time of year, because UV rays can still be strong throughout the year, even in the winter months. And it can be confusing because you're like, oh, it's cold. So like the sun isn't as intense. And so that's why it's so important to not let your guard down in the fall and the winter and the spring, because you can still get a lot of sun damage during those months of the year. And when it's cloudy out because UV rays can still penetrate through clouds. So that's something you want to be mindful of too, is like, oh, it's cloudy. Like it's fine. No, How do you it's, know what the UV rating is? How do you understand that on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. I mean, the rule of thumb is avoiding extended periods of time outside from the hours of 10 to four. That's when the UV is the highest. I check my weather app and that will give me the UV rating. So if you go to your city and then scroll down a little bit, it will say, you know, UV level is four, moderate level. And it was like, recommend wearing sunscreen and protection until 5 p.m. Okay, so I'm going off of that. But I also just know like anytime the sun is out, there's UV rays. So sun is out, I'm wearing protective clothing. I'm wearing sunscreen. I'm wearing a hat. I'm wearing sunglasses. It doesn't matter what time of year it is, what time of day, I guess grand nighttime. <laughs> Maybe I'd wear sunglasses at nighttime. But yeah, I'm I'm protecting my skin more than I ever have. And it definitely takes time to adjust that lifestyle. It takes a little more preparation because, you know, I think a lot of people think that, okay, I'm going to put on sunscreen. I'm going to go right outside, but you have to let it absorb for 15 minutes. So I kind of have to plan ahead. I'm like, okay, if I want to walk my dog in 15 minutes, or I want to walk my dog during my lunch break, I need to apply sunscreen 15 minutes ahead of time. Allow it to absorb because if I walk out too early, that sunscreen's not working. And so that's another thing that you kind of have to just like prepare for before you go outside is just allowing 15 minutes at least for it to absorb into your skin. So yeah, you, thank you for sharing all this. And obviously I've, I've lived through it all with you and continue to go through it on a day-to-day basis. But I think a big thing I'm taking from what you're talking about is that you shouldn't have to have a melanoma diagnosis to take sun safety seriously. And like, obviously there's these different narratives on tanning beds and why people use tanning beds and and how, why people even still use tanning beds and even with all the kind of research on it. But I know you and your sister, Rebecca, have created this new account called Sun Safety Sisters. And it's, you know, just continuing to put out a lot of good content and education. Tell me about sort of why you and Rebecca have have started this account and sort of the kind of your hope for what you want Sun Safety Sisters to accomplish in this world. That's a good question. So I didn't mention my sister, Rebecca, who's about 10 years older than me, who's a dermatology PA. She had melanoma in 2020. So when I had my diagnosis in 2022, I leaned on her quite a bit. You know, I was like, what do I do? What kind of clothing do I get? I know you have a lot of protective clothing that you've bought, you've told me about. But again, I didn't take it seriously, even when she had her diagnosis, which is just crazy. 
And so we just started exchanging UPF clothing, swimsuits, hats, sunglasses, everything. And just a couple months ago, maybe a month and a half ago, we were visiting her and she mentioned, she's like, yeah, I, I would love to start an Instagram page where I share my favorite UPF clothing and why UPF clothing is important. And I was like, well, like, that sounds cool. I want to do that too. Like, I'm in the same boat as you. We've spent so much time talking and researching different clothing brands that like, let's just do it. And so she was really the brain power behind it and initiated it. And then the more we started thinking about this page, we were like, well, yeah, UPF clothing is important, but like, let's have educational material that we can post and, and just help people understand what is sun safety and why is it so important. So really our goal for the Instagram page of Sun Safety Sisters is to not only share our stories and connect with other people who have had a melanoma or other skin cancer diagnosis, but also to teach people about sun safety, teach them about things that you can do to protect yourself and prevent skin cancer. I mean, skin cancer is one of the most preventable cancers. It shows up right on the outside of your skin. It's it's visible. You can look at it and see it. And so the fact that it's something that we can prevent because we know it's caused by overexposure to UV rays from the sun and tanning beds, that there's so many things we can do to prevent it. So why aren't we doing these things? So the message, you know, is not only to educate people, encourage them to take sun safety seriously, but just like letting people know that it's it's not worth being tan. Tan does not equal beautiful. And I think that's the biggest thing is accepting yourself for who you are. And it sounds so cliche, but it's true, especially in this situation where what's more important, being tan or potentially getting a cancer diagnosis. And to me, I'd rather be pale and be happy. One thing my dad, <laughs> who we also call Doc Howe, always says is pale is healthy. Don't wait till it's too late. And there's like a hundred little things you can do. So kind of just to round us out here today, Laura, what would be something that you could leave us with here today? And how could people learn more? My suggestion would be get to know your body, get to know your skin, start paying attention to your moles, schedule an appointment with your dermatologist. And maybe you've never seen a dermatologist. That's completely fine. But start, you know, there's no time like the present. Schedule an appointment, see them yearly, make it a part of your routine and just follow our account. That's my other recommendation. Sun Safety Sisters. We post facts, education, tips every Sunday. And so it's a great way to stay in the know of sun safety habits. And we're here to support you and answer any questions that you have. So you can always reach out to us on our Instagram page. And we are happy to chat. Sun Safety Sisters. Well, Laura, I'm so proud of how far you've come and the journey you're on. And I love you. I'm proud of you and keep going. Thank you so much, Kevin, for having me on your podcast. I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> Thank you, everyone.